Marcus, do you want to do the intro today? I would love to. Ready? All right. Believe it or not, episode seven. Yeah. Yes. Seven episodes. That puts us three episodes above where we thought we would ever be at. Welcome to the How to Ski It podcast. This is a podcast by skiers for skiers, and it's about skiers. And we'll also include snowboarders and stuff like that. Although the one person that I ski and snowboard with that's a snowboarder is Dylan, who's out right now, but he switched over to skiing. He told me yesterday he bought a ski rack <laughs> for his Subaru. Awesome. That's yeah, I'm glad to see him skiing. That makes me happy. For sure. So we missed the promised episode last week that we said we were going to do over the holidays um, because you guys were gone. Yep. And I was busy skiing. <laughs> Rubbing it in. It has been. Have you guys seen the pictures from the East Coast of it's, the ski areas? It's no, horrible. I it's horrible. It's mountain biking conditions. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and so many people, and I love you guys on the East Coast, that like a post I saw today is like, well, at least we don't have to worry about ice. And they're just going <laughs> over like green grass <laughs> and tundra. And there's just a little chunk of snow on the ground. But I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of pictures of ski runs that are just, you know, the road 12 feet 15 feet wide and then green grass on either side of that man yeah man, it, that it's sucks. not it's not good it's really bad there are parts of vermont that are getting snow but um is like that I, stratton i saw some pictures from stratton that, yeah uh, the further north you go the the more okay it is um our buddy nick is up there in vermont he's gotten some good turns in this year i've seen on on socials and then i know jp got hit with a bit but anything in the lower elevations and the in the Pennsylvanias, the the New Yorks, they're not not they got looking good. Out. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's unfortunate and not amazing in California. Not great. Not great in Utah. Bad up north, Idaho and Montana and Whitefish. I saw, which is a place I love to ski. And for a long time, every other Christmas, my wife's. Um, family lived up there. We would go to Whitefish and always had good conditions. And I saw the other day they had seven of 16 lifts open or something, which is really not good. So we're praying on mother nature and here we are at the beginning of January and it looks like a storm is coming in. I want to ski tomorrow, but I need, I need a few inches of snow before I go back (laughs) out again. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I like the just full on pause um i don't know i it was over the christmas break there was um six to ten inches i saw in the the snow report on the snow yeah well i didn't want to rub it in but (laughs) i had some great skiing over christmas break and then it ended with a not a great day skiing and so i uh on the 23rd or so headed up did the I-70 thing on one of the busiest days of the year, the 23rd of December, and went to Vail. But I left the front range. I left Boulder, Colorado at like 5.30 in the morning. So I got up to Vail at 7.30 in the morning and no traffic. We've said it before. We'll say it again. If you get on I-70 before 6 a.m., you can avoid the traffic. And coming home, it's like noon. But we weren't coming home. We were. We went to Vail skied for the day 
and then went on over to Aspen. And Vale was really good that day. Not great. I shouldn't say really good. It was good that day, and it was surprisingly not crowded. And so I had a good day, skied on my Rozzies, and, you know, I thought ski life was good. Um, and then the next day on the 20, that was the 24th, sorry, on the 25th, Christmas Day, our family, we ski, um, and we went to, I got my days wrong. On the 24th, I went to Aspen Mountain, and I got to ski the new heroes. And, man, that was eye-opening that I've been skiing Eldora and Copper and Vale, and then I was on the Walshes and way out of my league. Like, it's every year it happens that you, we talk about getting fit, get ready for ski season, but there's nothing that's going to get you fit like a run that's at like 45 degrees steepness and not amazing snow. There was six inches of new snow, but on top of like some very firm ice and it, it did a great job of hiding the rocks. And so I hit a lot of rocks that day, but I'll, I'll say it. I've said it a million times. Aspen mountains, my favorite ski area to ski. And I had a great day. I did like four or five gondola loops uh, and I ski by myself, so you just go nonstop. But the heroes, we told you we were going to check it out. It's amazing. It's it's just like you would have thought when, if you knew where they were putting it in. Is you ski down the Walsh's or Christie's, and you get down to this catwalk. That it's a bit of work to get out. It's not like uphill, but it's not downhill, and it's maybe a half mile long or something like that. Maybe not that long. And now you just ski right past that catwalk and keep going down another like 600, 700 vertical feet. So kudos to Aspen and then parking. Um, they do a good job up there. I'm going to complain about Highlands parking here in a minute, but I got to park at the Rio Grande parking garage and because it was Sunday, it was free. Nice. And, th and then they have a shuttle that comes like every 10 minutes and takes you to the gondola. And there were no lift lines as there never is. And nice. then on Christmas day, we went to Highlands and, my one major complaint about skiing over all of the holidays is we had five people in the ski van and Highlands has always give, made it free if you're carpooling yeah. and it's free from 8.30 to 10.30. And after that, it's just an automa automated like DIA. Yeah. So no big deal, but we paid like 40 bucks. So it was like being at Vail. Man. And yeah, it's never been like that, but- Highlands is just amazing. Like to ski from top to bottom at Highlands, the Olympia bowl was open and most everything that not everything in deep temerity was open. Um, but there were people hiking up the Highlands bowl. It was pretty much firing. And I skied on the, how to ski it skis again. And I said, those skis someday will have their day. It's a one ten underfoot mind bender. And, uh, Yeah. They, they, I like them a lot more than I did at Loveland on No New Snow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, it's wild to look at the uh, On the Snow report for, I mean, the ones that we go to the most, Eldora, Copper, Winter Park, A-Basin, Loveland, Vale, uh, Aspen, Snowmass. No snow reported over the last five days. It's rough out there. Anywhere. Yeah. Most places have like a 20 to 30 inch base. That's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's coming. It's, it's coming and we'll be patient, but it is probably the worst. I saw a post on Facebook from just an individual yesterday and they were saying 
they don't ever remember the advanced runs at Loveland not being open this time of year. And I agree. We were there like two weeks ago and they weren't open and then they're not open today either. They haven't gotten any snow yeah. since then. So tough. And then I, I hate to, I kind of feel like I'm like taking over this podcast, but I am the only person that skied over the holidays. <laughs> we swing, That's true. we swing by Vale on the way home and had the most amazing day. The same reason that I said Aspen and Highlands, like that's big, big boy skiing and the real deal, 45 degrees and stuff. But then we went to Vail and it was so sunny and so nice and the coverage was so good and so soft. And this was on like the 27th of December and the back bowls were open and I'm not a fan of the back bowls. I'm, they face south and east, a lot of the terrain does, but since all the snow fell this year, it hadn't really gotten warm, and it was, Vales has this saying, I think it, it's like, there's no place on earth, or there, there's nothing like it. Man, there's nothing like it. We had, it's called Sundown Bowl, and we went back there to try to avoid some crowds, which we did, by the way. And I was minded of these runs we skied a lot when I was younger called uh, Never and Seldom. And if you know the Back Bowl, Sundown Bowl, um, and Never and Seldom are just these great, long, beautiful runs. And I felt bad because I was posting pictures and sending you guys photos. <laughs> but And I, and we, we posted a photo today, which we're going to talk about here in a second. And it was from Chair 5 at Vail. And it's one of the chairs in the state that goes up the fastest, basically. It does the most elevation in the least amount of time. And we had our 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 AI bot go and we said, hey, tell us what are the best chairlifts. And, we, and with AI, you have to tell it what to look for. And so the very first time we said, tell us what chairlifts go up the most in the least amount of time, basically. Yeah. Highest vertical rise in the shortest amount of time. And remember, we had this conversation at Loveland about Chet's dream. We were like, that's yeah. like a, we, we were like, that's like a four or five yeah. minute lift that goes a thousand feet. And Thanks what is it? Buck. It's a, it's number two on the list. And what is the, the rise is like almost it's, a thousand feet in like three minutes. N- yep. 991 feet in 2.6 minutes. That's insane. And that's awesome. number two. Yeah. Less than three minutes. What's number one there? Number one is Telluride, uh, 14 Gold Hill Express. And I I don't, I've skied Telluride and it was mainly in college and when I was younger and I can't wait to go back this year because we got the Epic Pass, so we'll be going back. But I, I don't really know that lift and what it services, but the lift on the back of Vail does get you it gets you to another part of the mountain. So it is a, it's a very useful lift and skiing under it is typically bad because it faces East Southeast, uh, which means it just gets baked with the sun. Which but, one is it in Vail? The chair five, uh, high noon. Yeah. Chair five. Okay. That's number eight on this list of highest vertical rise, shortest amount of time. And what is that one? 1852 feet in 5.6 minutes. So almost 2000 feet. Yeah. In I mean, six under 6 minutes. That's awesome. And when we talked about these lifts, we we use this term which we'll keep using called bang for the buck. And you know, who wants to sit on a chairlift? You want to go out and just get it done. 
And so originally we just asked it to look at time and vertical feet. Tell us what, tell them, tell me about all of them. All right. So, uh, and you can actually see this whole list on our Facebook and Instagram pages. So you can go and check that out and see it for yourself and kind of dissect the, uh, actual vertical rise and time per, uh, chair. But here is the list, uh, Telluride Gold Hill, number one, number two, Loveland Chet's dream. Number three, Keystone Santiago express. Number four, steamboat sundown express. Number five, Breckenridge Imperial Superchair. Number six, Telluride Plunge Express. Number seven, Beaver Creek Birds of Prey Express. Number eight, Vale High Noon Express. Number nine, Steamboat Pony Express. Number 10, Beaver Creek Grouse Mountain Express. And so if you're, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not familiar with all of those. I do believe I've probably ridden all of them, but I don't, or, or their predecessor, which might've been a two person chair and not an express or something. Yeah. But that lift seemed that list seemed off to me because I was like, where are all the best chair lifts in the state? And I would have guessed it was the super B at copper mountain and we were totally wrong, but, um, interesting stuff and getting to go to Vail and being like, cause Vail, and if you haven't skied there, all their lifts and gondolas and everything have a number and they have a name. So it's the chair five. What was that? Chair five is high noon, high noon. And so they all have a, a number and a name and it'll say like the game Creek express or gondola one and stuff like that. So it's hard, for me, that just makes it that much harder to remember. I, I at Vail, I know three, four, 10 and 11. <laughs> <laughs> So, but then because that left out and we kind of changed subjects of about my amazing ski week. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad about that. Honestly, <laughs> I did go backcountry skiing one day too, but we'll save nice. that for another day. Oh, we, we do. We do need to talk about what you skied on because you told me something you did that is hilarious, but we don't, we could uh, finish this conversation. We should come back. Well, I think this plays a little bit of role in it. And in, in, on that subject, you just bought new skis. I did. And Marcus bought what I personally think are the best skis money can buy. And that's the RMU Apostle 106. And yep. I, I I told you I hate to spend a lot of money on skis. We've talked about this time and time again. And they're expensive. You got a great deal. Great deal. But RMU Apostle 106 is that's going to change your – they ski like, to me, those that ski – which I think you got a 175 yep. is going to ski like a 155. Like it just, it's so quick turning and stuff. You're going to love nice. it. Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, Dave actually helped me find one on, um, on Facebook marketplace. This guy had an old pair unused. He had just never mounted them. He was a snowboarder. It turns out and thought about getting into skiing, rented some, hated it. So never mounted them. Um, so they had no holes in them. No holes. Man, you got lucky. New, it, mm, it was wild. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the only ski, in my opinion, on the market that I've skied on that's worth eight hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, I don't buy eight hundred dollar skis because occasionally they only last a few days. <laughs> uh, and I did give my nephew a set of RMUs of, of Apostle one hundred six one eighties. Yeah, and he had an issue with them, and they they gave him like half off a new pair of skis. So I was kind of disappointed. Nice. I gave yeah. him to him. 
So congratulations on Thanks. that. Yeah, I'm pumped. And, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And then I went to uh, Epic Mountain Gear, which is... Boulder Ski Deals. Boulder Ski Deals. And um, I, I, it's funny. I actually went to REI first, and they didn't have the Warden 13s. So I was like, all right, I'm out. Went to Boulder Ski Deals, and they had the Warden 13s. They're insanely helpful. They're just awesome. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, and I was like, hey, so... How much to mount them? They're like, you buy the bindings here, we'll mount them for 40 bucks. And then I was like, okay, and I they're kind of uh dry, so I kind of want to get them tuned up. And the woman that helped me was awesome. She was like, Hey, the edges are awesome. You I wouldn't recommend doing a full tune, just hand wax them so that it'll absorb in better uh, and it'll last longer. And I was like, Great. And she's like, It's cheaper. I was like, perfect. Nice. I yeah. hate it when they touch my edges on new skis. Like they're new skis. Yeah. Don't touch the edges. They're factory. They're fresh out the press. <laughs> well, new. congrats. Thanks. And uh everybody has a preference on bindings. And it's funny because Marcus doesn't. So when he asked me, <laughs> yeah. I told him my preference. <laughs> and that's Warden Third Solomon Warden 13s. And it's funny because I'll only buy Solomon's and I'll never ski on anything else. And right now, two of my three skis are Atomics <laughs> bindings, Atomic Warden 13 yeah. and Atomic Shift. And somebody could probably explain better, but they're all a lot of these manufacturers manufacturing the exact same binding to the exact same specs and branding them themselves. They're, what did you, they're yeah. more alike than they are different they're across identical. the board. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the logo's different. What did you get, Solomon? Or? They were Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the other brands have a different name. It's still like number 13, but it's like Atomics was called something other than Warden 13. No, mine are just Wardens. Are they really? And and it's no, it's identical. Weird. Same okay. logo and the everything. The only Warden 13s they had available then were Solomon, so I went with that. And the 13s only referring to the DIN. Yeah. The, the well, range that's why of settings. I assumed that they're all 13. They're all 13. You get an 18, yeah. you get a 13. It's, it's the max that the DIN goes to. So, um, like me, I like markers and pivots, you know, looks. Yeah. I get made fun of on this podcast all the time. <laughs> so, if Marcus had asked me for my opinion, I probably would have said, go get a pair of marker griffins. But I had some griffins once on a pair of RMUs and I liked them. I like them. And the reason I found out I liked them is me and Tim Brocious had the same size boot were similar size and so we we occasionally i think it all happened in the trees at eldora he wiped out and lost both his skis so i clipped into him <laughs> <laughs> and then went for a, a run on his and he went for a run on mine which is not a good idea yeah no, don't, <laughs> don't do that don't do that <laughs> no that's amazing so back to oh we were going to talk about skis you got new skis yep um so when i went to ajax to aspen mountain i skied on the rosy sender 106 ti plus it's a long name i didn't make it up <laughs> and i struggled and i struggled a because aspen mountain i skied the dumps i skied the walshes i skied all advanced i skied silver queen mm -hmm. i skied all advanced skiing when i'm by myself i just go after it and i suck and i did terrible and the easiest thing to do is to blame the skis so i blame the skis and the next day I put the, the Rossies on the bench and took out the how to ski at skis. We got these branded with how to ski at logos. They're a Mindbender 110C. I think the C stands for carbon. And we bought them because they're cheap. Mm -hmm. They were cheap. Not that it's a cheap ski or not that they're cheap if you go to your ski shop. Right. They were cheap on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> which is where apparently we buy all our apparently. ski stuff. 
and I skied on them at the Highlands on a couple inches of new snow. And I said, after the Loveland day, they'll have their day. I wouldn't say that was their day, but adding just a little bit of soft snow, those skis were super responsive. And then the family called it quits. It was like five, seven degrees. And I was like, I'm going to do a top to bottom. And the Olympia bowl was open, which is steep, steep, steep. And then there's bumps, basically all 3000, like 700 feet. You can ski almost all the way down bumps, lower Stein Erickson, Erickson wasn't open. So not the very bottom and those skis performed. Nice. So I put the Rossies into the second string mode. And then the day at Vail, I told you that was so great. I knew we were going to ski the back bowls <laughs> and I knew we were going to mess some stuff up. Uh, we didn't end up hitting any rocks. So I took out the broken mind benders, <laughs> adjust the shift bindings to my Alpine boots and they're my favorite ski now because, A, I don't care if I hit anything. Yeah. And, of course, you once you ski on skis like that, you won't ever hit anything. And they are so responsive and they turn so fast. They're a 98 underfoot. Mm -hmm. And so I ski on bigger skis. And I forgot, like, if you have to err on the side of something in skis, err on smaller underfoot than larger, there will be bad days because it'll snow. But right now in Colorado, like front side, front side rippers are the way to go this time yeah. of year. Ninety five so. is perfect. So, yeah, I think ninety five or ninety eight is yeah, what these are. It's a are. great, just it, it, it'll do it all, even in fresh snow. And there's a yeah. lot more than just underfoot because there's right. also the tip side, cut, which can be like right. one fifty or one twenty, and there's the tail that can be one fifty to one twenty, and so. It's, it's kind of the, the outside shape of the ski is what we're talking about, but I'm in love with the, um, mind bender <laughs> 98 TIs with the shift binding and the shift bindings did good that day at Vail. Although Vail is like adult skiing. So you're not ripping. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least I wasn't, <laughs> uh, but making lots of turns. And then I think I told you, I went to copper mountain the very next day and I was like, I'm in love with these skis and I hit and, and copper is one of my favorite areas. So they're just taking it a little bit harder than everybody else this year. I hit a hundred rocks. Whoa. Yeah. They had resolution open mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but it, you shouldn't go down there with new skis or even skis you like. Yeah. And then the a chair was open and I skied, uh, what is that? Triple treat. Okay. <laughs> and it was like skiing through the garden. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was rough. Um, was it worth so in copper when we went there when we hit up JJ's the um hallelujah was it worse than hallelujah? It was like hallelujah, yeah. And one of the funniest things that I can show you on the bottom of the Mindbender 98s is I was skiing through hallelujah and it was way better than it was that day. And I started letting it flow a little bit and yeah. skiing bumps. And right then I hit an invisible rock and it tore my <laughs> ski off clean. <laughs> okay. So I didn't wipe out because the shift bindings are going to let you out before they're not going to let you out. <laughs> and in this case, that was a great thing. So it took the ski off and I, I ski down, you know, like 10 more feet trying to save myself. And then my wife saw Melinda was skiing with me. And she was having a great ski day and she came down and she came in all hot 
and like just didn't put together that I had hit a rock and she hit the same <laughs> rock and wiped out like pretty hard. Oh man. And I was like, why are you skiing at me? Like, I mean, she came at me hard Yeah, and she hit the same rock and wiped out hard. <laughs> like you were still putting your ski back on and she's coming back. What did she think <laughs> happened? <laughs> and at that point we cut out because it wasn't that it was as bad as the day you and me skied it. But I realized there were the rocks were invisible on yeah. yeah, and they really and were. That's a bit worse. So we skied out, and it was just awful. I had a great day at Copper, and we went to JJ's and everything. And I'm a big fan, but it was very busy. I'm glad the holidays are over, yeah. and I want to get into weekdays. And we got a couple inches in the forecast tonight, which I don't think it's going to pay out tomorrow. If it does, I'm going to try to ski. Um, but most likely Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week are going to be good days. And where we need snow more than anywhere in America is where it's just important to me. And that's Eldora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, with this snow coming, I think Silverton's reporting that they're expecting like 30 inches a night for the next like three nights. No So way. it's going south. It is the, going the big, south. The, the, the yeah. pressure system's pushing it all south and Man. they're expecting a lot of snow down south. So I'm sure New Mexico is going to get hammered towels yeah. and silverton and um maybe uh, it's time for that first ski trip i don't know yeah it's there's 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 places with snow it's just not convenient to us yeah <laughs> my folks are in uray now for the next month or so ice climbing and they're like come visit us anytime you want we got a place for you after the 27th of january i was like wait <laughs> anytime you want but not this month <laughs> yeah so we're going to try to go down there, but we also um, have the X Games on the schedule before then and hoping to do a podcast from up there. And I hope they get more snow because they were closer than the Front Range Mountains. Um, Eldora's suffering the worst of the places I've skied, and then Copper Mountain's not great. I hear uh, Winter Park's doing okay, but not great. Yeah, And then Vale... Vale's Vale, like they don't need that much snow. You're like skiing on golf course grass underneath that stuff is yeah. what I've been told. Well, then did you mention Steamboat getting warm? Yeah and, yeah, and some of the reports at Steamboat were best skiing ever to, it's it's just low in elevation at the bottom and then it, it got warm and got, got rough. Um, and it, that's probably where I would go this weekend if real snow came in um, just because we haven't been there this year. Yeah. So let's get back. So I told you about the skis. Oh, and last thing on the skis. Um, we went back and forth with REI and they escalated it up to a manager who sent me this very well-written email. Like, we're super sorry this happened. Let me look into it and figure out what happened. And then he sent back and said, yeah, tough luck. I mean, he didn't say tough luck in his defense. He was like, there's nothing we're going to be able to do. Um, but I'm sure you'll see lots of nice benefits under your REI account. And I'll be honest, I don't know if they like added something to my REI account, but I already gave up. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not even looking. <laughs> so On principle. On principle. So we'll be back someday, REI, but it's going to be a little while. You have a demerit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. A full demerit. I yeah. was polite. I never, oh, yeah. I never was anything but polite, just disappointed. It's the only way to get anything is just be nice about it. It'll come, like just figure it out one step at a time. Yeah, and the reminder is about skis is that – the best skis in the world might last one day if you're a big guy and you ski hard. There's a there's a thing called inertia and stuff like that. And when you whack a rock on skis going 20 miles an hour and turning, there's thousands of pounds of pressure on a single point. And it's going to break the ski or it's going to blow the edge out or something. And it's just bad luck. And it happens. And it's you want the ski manufacturers 
in the ski shops to support you, but really there's nothing they can do. They didn't cause the problem. And in the end, I don't know what happened to the ski. It wasn't like I hit a rock. I think I crashed on it. And I think me and the skis and the egg beater situation just blew them up, but it doesn't seem to be structural. I don't think the skis are going to last that long with a big chunk missing in the top, yeah. but, um, they're my first string ski right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I hate to bash the Rosies too, but the, the, I said this, I think in the very first podcast, it's like skiing on two by fours, which is great if you have to blast through stuff and you're a really powerful skier. But I, as much as I'm a big guy, I'm a finesse skier and I just can't get into that power skier mindset of just running everything over. Um, I like to make turns. And so anyway, yeah, I, I have a depth chart for my, my, was it quiver? quiver. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back and talk about the chairlifts. So Tom who works for us and he's our AI guy. Um, and he, we, we do a lot of endurance sports and we created an AI bot that studies endurance sports. And then we turned it loose on the chairlifts. And we talked about that just a minute ago of the most bang for the buck, but that list came out so wrong. Tell your ride chair 14, I think it was. And I don't even know, I got to be honest before I talk too much, I'm not exactly sure what chair that is. So when we go to tell your ride, we'll report back, but I knew the best chairs in the state weren't on there. And so I, and, and again, something that AI can't factor in is this run or that run. Like if it, if it took you 6,000 feet up, 10 miles up blue squares, which I think is what Breckenridge is, that isn't for everybody. Right. But where are the ones that take you the highest, the quickest? And then we asked it to factor in distance because there was something missing from these being the quote unquote best chairs or the best bang for the buck. So we added to factor in distance and voila, what I think are the best chairlifts in Colorado because the ones I expected to see on there are on there. And let's start at the bottom because I thought before the ski bot figured this out, the best bang for the buck in Colorado would be the super B, which is like 2,300 vertical feet in like eight minutes. And I remember once looking at like a spreadsheet of chairlifts and I was like, man, that's the, that's the bang for the buck right there, but it's not, it's. Yeah. It's number 10, actually. It's number 10. Yeah. And you're right. 2,300 feet vertical rise, uh, 8.1 minutes with a link length of, uh, 8,870 feet. And then we had the bot give it a score. So we're going to refine this. So this is something you're going to hear us talk about a lot is what, our AI bot thinks of us as skiers and it gave it a score. And I think in the end, we'll probably take a couple digits off the end of the score, but its score was, uh, I'm actually going to go to the, so essentially the way it calculated the score was a uh, vertical rise times two plus length, uh, taking into account the amount of time. Uh, so the weighted score for copper mountain, the super B was 13.4. 13.4. Okay. So there's like 13,400 and something. Exactly. And we're yeah. going to shorten it up to like 13.4. And so 
I, I was amazed because I would have told you I know the most about skiing of anybody in Colorado because I'm the ski guy and this is the best bang for the buck. But I think some of that comes from where we ski at Copper Mountain. Like yeah. we ski at least two times we're ever there when it's open, drain pipe down to like Bear Glade. Yeah. And that's or that's, Far East or yeah, yeah that, Far East wouldn't necessarily. Oh, get you you're back, saying Super uh, B, sorry. Yeah, back to the Super B, or we'll go. You know, we'll ski over to like 17 trees or 17 glade, whatever it is. But you can beat yourself to death in that 2,300 feet. But it's only 10th, so let's keep going through the list. So then nine is Vale Lift 19, the Eagle Bond Gondola. I've never ridden it. Not not good skiing um it gets you way up the mountain though and so like that's almost what i would call a commuter lift and when i say not good skiing people are going to be like under there is some great skiing at the bottom half of vale but the weather is usually the deciding factor because it's low in elevation it gets warm and so i'm, I'm not going to bag on that um that used to, there used to be a chair there called the Vistabon Express. And it was like the first gondola, the kind that the clear shield shut down and <laughs> Veil was like an innovator and stuff like the that. The bubble lift. But I'm not going to bag on that lift, but it, it doesn't have great. And I don't want to say there is some days there's great skiing at the bottom of Veil, but traditionally the advanced skiing at the bottom half of Veil is not super good and then because it gets really warm later the snow is not really good but there's a few good runs under there but anyway keep going that was nine and what was the score it was a 13.5 so barely better than the super b yep and the and reason then, we keep bringing up the score is it it gets a lot higher yeah and we start talking about the real deal yeah and then we have number eight snow mass sheer bliss yeah and if you skied snow mass um if you were going to just say the best chairlifts in the state, it would be on the list. It, it services the big burn. It services all kinds of, we did a how to ski it there. Remember on power line, yep. that's sheer bliss. So we yep. took sheer bliss up. And if you haven't seen our videos, we make these little videos. Here's how to ski power line. And that's one of my favorite runs at Snowmass. And what was that score? Uh, its score was 13.66, and that second decimal place will make sense when we get to number seven. Let's hear it. Number seven, Copper Mountain, the American Flyer Lift, above the Super B with a score of 13.69. And see, that's like not one I would think of because I don't ever ski it. Yeah, it's a like, commuter lift. For sure, and yeah. it's super high speed, and it gets you three quarters of the way up the hill. But not but, all the way. But not all the way, and I don't. So I don't ski, and it's always it always has a lift line. So again, with AI, how do you factor something like there's always a lift line into this equation for best in Colorado ever of all time? Right. Well, it's so interesting because looking at the American Flyer specifically, let's even just compare American Flyer to the Super B. Super B is eight point one minutes, two thousand two hundred ninety three feet of vertical rise. The American Flyer lift is 9.9 .9 minutes and only 1,900 feet of vertical rise. But the amount of of length, uh, horizontal length serviced is 9,800 on the American Flyer and only 8,800 on uh, Super B. Yeah, and again, we 
we factored in length, which definitely honed out our list. When we get to the top, you'll know what I mean. And having sheer bliss in there, also, you know what we mean already, but the American flyer is a commuter lift and maybe we should, and, and what are these lifts go to the top? Like yeah. super B yes, you can go higher on the, the, the T-bar. T-bar. Um, and same with that sheer bliss at Snowmass, you can go higher on the Palma, but they're basically taking you to the top of the mountain Yeah, where the American flyer takes you to a chairlift that'll get you to the top of the mountain. Yeah. That's what, that is very interesting because I guess just location of the American flyer lift gives you access to a large number of runs. Whereas if you want to get to the same place, the super B takes you, you got to go American flyer to accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. And then that puts you up exactly where the super B is basically. And that's what we're learning about AI is that we have to tell it what to consider. And so it, it can't just be like it services. Well, it probably can, but and these are things we should say it services North facing runs <laughs> yes. at 45 degrees, you know, and we'll figure out it has to be data that's out there that it, we can tell it where to go find it. So we're going to work on this, but keep going. Number six, Keystone Summit Express with a score of 14.0. And tell me it goes. That is uh, eight and a half minutes with a vertical rise of 2,300 feet and a length of 9,400 feet. It sounds good on paper. I don't personally think that service is a lot of great skiing, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm going to sound like an idiot, but it's been a while. I think that's the one that's right next to the gondola. Oh, okay. And so it takes you to the top. And if you're night skiing, it's probably the greatest lift in the world for skiing Spring Dipper. But why wouldn't you just ride the gondola? Uh, What's the name of the gondola? Is it River Run? Yeah, it okay. is. Is it the right next, next one? To, is number is River, five, River Run. And are Gondola. those two right next to each other? Right next to each yeah. other. Yeah. And the trick on those two, if you haven't skied Keystone, is if it's freezing cold, take the gondola. And if it's not, just take the chairlift. Uh, yeah. Because there's no line compared. Yeah. Okay. So River Run Gondola goes the same yeah. distance. And what about time? Is it faster? Uh, it is slower. It shouldn't be. Yeah. When you're on the, on the express, you're passing the gondola. Okay. That's it's what slower, I wonder. But it services just a little bit more, uh, length, horizontal length. Yeah. Negligible. Negligible, like 200 feet extra. And at Vail, the main gondola goes faster than born free, which is a four six band quad detachable next to it. So, um, there, it just depends. Which the weighted score for river run gondola is 14.2 the summit express was 14.0. Yeah. Um, those yeah, the, pretty negligible. And I don't mean to talk bad about Keystone cause I've had a great time and the further back you go, the better it gets, but none, neither of those deserve to be on the best lifts in Colorado. So we're not saying this list is the best lifts in Colorado. We're saying it's what AI is taking the data and telling us, and there's some validity and it does get number one, right? Unequivocally. <laughs> Uh, number four, Telluride, lift number 10, Sunshine Express, weighted score 14.23. I wish I knew more about it. Uh, it looks like the main reason it's so high is it services a lot of runs, 10,700 feet of runs. Uh, and what's the vertical rise? Vertical is only 1750 Yeah, uh, in 10.9 minutes. 
It goes a long way, just not very steep. So I'm thinking it's a bust, but I don't want to yeah. say it without. We'll, we'll check it out, or we'll check it out on the map. We might not go ski it if it's a <laughs> bust. Okay, keep going. Number three is Snowmass Village Express. Weighted score, 14.4. Commuter lift. Yeah, it just takes you from the bottom to... To the bottom of Sam's, or it takes you to the top of Sam's knob. Yeah. And it's a commuter lift, like... You could ski it, but again, you're, it's going to be like a lot of the things we just talked about when you get down to the bottom at Snowmass. Not only does the conditions get rough and icy and stuff, but it gets busy. A million people. And Snowmass is one of those places where you stay up on Sam's Knob or stay up on the Sheer Bliss or I think one of the next ones. Keep going. Number two, Steamboat. Oh. Wild Blue Gondola number two. Brand new. It was, yeah. it was open halfway up the mountain last year, which made it useless to people like us. And now it takes you up twice as far. And that's one of the reasons I'm, if it snows, I want to go to steamboat this weekend. Mm, yeah. And what was its score? Well, tell <laughs> us the telemetry. Here's what's wild is, okay. So telemetry is vertical rise, uh, 2782 feet. That's a lot. 8.9 minutes, which that's is fast. fast for nearly 3000 feet elevation gain. And uh, services 12,200 uh, feet of runs. Um, the, the, the negative thing is the, and, and, I, and again, we try, like skiing is great and we don't mean to be negative, but the bottom of all these mountains we're talking about aren't for us and they That's typically right, don't have great conditions. And Steamboat stands out there as 6,400 feet is the base and it just, even when I was there last year in that crazy powder flow of storms, the bottom still was rough on a lot of it. It was weird. That's crazy. How many people uh, does weighted that fit? score? Sorry, weighted score seventeen point eight. So way up on the scores, just went way up. Yeah. And I and again, it's new. We haven't skied it. It looked cool. I saw it, I, Ryan. I don't know, but it's eight or ten. It's huge. It's big. And it's there were brand new cabins last year, and they had them wrapped in these cabin covers and it wasn't open when i was there but even when it did open last year it only went halfway up and this year they added the top half and that's been one of the my complaints about well and you have a little bit of this at Vail too is that you have to ride a major chairlift just to get halfway up the mountain and that gondola we talked about at Vail earlier in the list is the same thing it was a commuter this is going to change that about steamboat and gondolas that it'll get you up to the good stuff. Does it, did it so it still has, do you think it still has a halfway? Like, I assume. Yeah. It's I, still I, less than nine minutes. That's wicked fast with a stop in the middle. That's impressive. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We will hopefully get to try it out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I, I know we're also talking about trying to go down to Steamboat on January 20th for that advice for girls snow film. Yeah. And that's up to Steamboat because it's north. Up to Steamboat. <laughs> All right, number I'm, one. And this is I'm where- I'm from Texas and I only say down. This is where we found out that our AI bot got some things like right. Because if there was one chairlift or ride in Colorado that blew all the others to way, away to me, I could have told you a month ago and that our AI bot said number one was- Number one, Aspen Mountain Silver Queen Gondola with a weighted score of 19.7- it services 3,264 feet vertical in 13.2 minutes 
with a horizontal length uh, or run length of 13,216 feet. And that, like the skiing from the top of the gondola to the bottom, there's dozens of different routes you can take, dozens of different ways you can get to the bottom. And if you want, you can basically make it all double diamonds and ski, you know, 3,300 vertical feet at double diamonds to the bottom. You ain't going to get down there in 13 minutes if you ski the runs we ski. No, and I just typed it into Google here. That's two and a half miles. Yeah. Uh, you know, 13,000 awesome. feet is 2.5 miles. That's if you're directly skiing like under the directly lift. Directly under but. the lift. And my and not even taking consideration the vertical feet. Two and a half miles of skiing a run. Yeah. And it's let me, pretty impressive. And here's a great way to get down is ski like you're going up on the bell and then ski Seabirts and then go ski the jackpot glades and then ski Niagara. And if you're familiar with the area, that's all like top-notch skiing. Ni- Niagara is going to put some nicks in your skis because it always has rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our our AI weighted lifts of chairlifts, and we're going to refine it, and we're gonna we're gonna proclaim the best chairlift in Colorado because you do spend uh, some of your time. And I forgot to talk about this. We'll talk about this next time. I started using slopes. Oh yeah. And it's one of the things that records. It's like, here's how long you were skiing. Here's how long you were sitting on your ass on the chairlift. And here's how long you were doing nothing. And that's like (laughs) waiting on people or searching for equipment. (laughs) And I think slopes is the $29 a year. It's everything it's cracked up to be as it runs on your iWatch. It records all your skiing. It was the coolest thing in the world. And my only complaint we'll talk about on the next episode is I went backcountry skiing and it never synced up to GPS. Oh. So I had to switch it over to Strava, which does fine with backcountry skiing. And I don't know why it wouldn't get GPS. I took the time to stop and reboot my watch and everything. Weird. And it never did it, but it made me a 3D printed map of the top of Highlands to the bottom which took me 16 minutes and I, I want to knock five minutes off that time this year when I'm fit and really go after it. But a 3d printed map of the top of Highlands down through Olympia bowl all the way down to the bottom is pretty cool. That's sweet. Yeah. You said 3d printed like a virtual 3d map. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like it, on it, your phone. Yeah. It shows you a nice. 3d image where you can see the steep spart spots and then it's like a heat map for speed, nice. which when you're skiing really steep runs, you're not going as fast as you kind of think you are. But then when you get down on the catwalk, getting out of Oli Bowl, you're going like 35 miles an hour. So then it gets like bright red and yeah, nice. super cool. And then you can say replay it and you know what happened there and stuff like that. So I'm a big fan of slopes and I can't wait to use it more and more. And obviously they don't give us anything, but if you're a data guy, and you want to track. Oh, and then it let me favorite that run. So now then every time I ski it, it's like, here's where you're at, brah. Nice. And that's a good run. If you're a advanced skier and you're an aggressive skier, top to bottom at Highlands, top to bottom at Snowmass, top to bottom at Copper Mountain, top to bottom at Vale. I don't really have this right home route, you know, good groomers and good stuff, but the front side of Vale, uh, except for the top is very intermediate. Nice. So awesome. We got snow coming. We're going to go skiing. 
I don't feel like you guys hardly ski anymore, but Marcus got new skis, <laughs> so we'll see. I guys going to ski back. this weekend? I know you're not unless you get your skis back because they have your boots. Right. And then, so, yeah. What about you? Oh, for sure. Whether yeah. it's Keystone or Copper, um, I plan to go up. It's just two weeks at home was too long on the East Coast. Like, Dude, same. I, I, I was just, <laughs> after a while, I was like, what am I doing? Like, thank, God, thank God it didn't snow. If it was dumping here, things would have gotten a little hot and heavy for me. I would have been pissed. Yeah. But, it, it was uh, nice and awful to see all the photos that you were sharing. Because it was bad. like, oh nah. man, I wish I was there, but uh, man, what a jerk. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm glad to see it, but I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I felt bad because it, it was, it, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest, the day at Vail with the sun was one of the greatest, but it wasn't like the greatest skiing. But when you're going day after day, here's how good of a week it was for me. I had to like manage my boot drying. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when you know it's a good week when you're trying not to wake up with wet boots. Yeah. And you make yeah. sure oh, I got to bring my boots in or Mel got me a boot dryer that goes in the van. Genius. And so, uh, when we went up to copper the other day, the boots were frozen in the van. I put that in there and then it was a good purchase and it was like an aftermarket cheapo one, but yeah, they work great. It works yeah. great. Nice. So, um, yeah, sweet ski season. So follow us on how to ski it. Well, Marcus, tell them the yep. spiel. <laughs> follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or YouTube and YouTube at how to ski it on all of those platforms someday we'll have access to our tiktok again and we'll be posting that content but follow it yeah and reach out to us and we love to ski with you and we are going to produce some more how to ski it videos but it would have been a bit of a disservice to like feature lower walshes um it, it hadn't been really skied in and i suck at skiing so it was a rough day <laughs> Also, be sure to uh, leave a review on whatever podcast platform that you utilize. That helps us a lot. Helps us know uh, where you're at, where you're viewing it, etc. And if we could do good or bad. Yeah. Don't, don't review it if it's bad. Just, just let us live in peaceful ignorance. But we'll report back next week on skiing and hopefully get some ski reports from you guys on other states we will include other states when we get there but they're gonna have to have better snow than colorado before we're gonna leave town agreed snow we need snow it's the key to this equation we need snow um who's gonna do the outro press the red button here comes the red button that came in loud yeah it did all right well that's the how to ski it podcast episode seven for dave and ryan i'm marcus and I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time. <laughs> I'm up to 13 days this year, guys. I'm at five. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. I have three. Are you serious? It's bad. Oh, my gosh. That's all staying in there. <laughs> you shouldn't be on the podcast with three. <laughs>